Welcome to the Inside Bassmaster Podcast, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, episode 155. And Kyle, we've done a couple Winning Ways podcasts this year on various platforms and levels uh, when it comes to talking about the best in the game. And this is the season-ending wrap-up of the Yamaha Rightwaters Bassmaster Kayak Series. And we're having to talk to the top performers, AOI, and second and third place. But before we kick it off, Kyle, our guest this morning or this uh, this podcast is Craig Storms with Dakota Lithium, and Dakota has jumped in big time this year to sponsor the, the kayak AOI. The game. Yeah, the AOI. You get the you get to talk about nothing but the good guys. So thanks for joining us today. <laughs> What's up, Ronnie Moore? What's up, Kyle? We are doing well, uh, Kyle. We talked about it. Uh, some of these some of these innovations in the sport, Dakota Lithium being one of them. When it comes to lithium batteries. With kayak fishing, we talk about how to even outrig a kayak. A lot of these guys talk about the lightweight nature, and and that's how crucial it is. So I'm um, thank you for setting it up, Kyle, that we got to talk with Craig today, or a.k.a. Stormy, as everyone in the industry knows him. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is it, It's going to be hard for me to say Craig Storms because I just know him <laughs> as Stormy, and that's what everybody calls him. But, man, I, right Stormy off the bat, I, I will say this for, for Stormy. Being around him a lot on the Bassmaster Elite Series and uh, just uh, at tournaments in general – it's hard not to be smiling when you're talking to him. So we're already in a good mood. We're we're ready to kick this thing off. Let's go. Let's go. So tell us a little bit about it, Stormy. Uh, jumping in a uh, new company five, six, seven years ago, making a big splash in the fishing industry and growing with it. But then not only just growing with it and staying where you are, or keeping your budgets where they are, you guys have invested a lot of money, not only in the Bassmaster brand and the Elite Series, but also in kayak fishing in general. Team USA is another venture you guys have jumped into as well and, and trying to help propel that to an Olympic sport. So Dakota Lithium is the hot name on the market. If I was to touch the screen right now where your picture is, my finger might get burned. So watch out. <laughs> So, like you said, about seven years ago, I uh, found these guys in Google and brought them into the out in, into the outdoor world. Um, kayak was actually, besides ice fishing, kayak was my second venture. Um, and really what we became known for, because it was just the right time. Just like when we got into the ice fishing game, um all the electronics evolved into the digital world um uh, the seven help me out hummingbird hummingbird seven just came out that year and we would just left st paul and i was getting calls from pro staff hummingbird pro staff how the old time sla batteries were only giving them four hours of run time in in, in the seven and, you know, it was just perfect timing. Our 10 amp hour gave them almost 8, 10, 12 hours of, of runtime with these units. And then once, once the ice fishing season was over, I found Chad Hoover, believe it or not. And Chad, if you need to sell anything in the kayak industry, Chad <laughs> Hoover is the guy to do it. You know what I'm saying? And it was just a perfect fit for us. Um, with the small batteries, the lightweightness of them, the capacity, it just was a perfect fit for the kayak industry. And, it, and that's really where we took off. And then we evolved into the 54, into the 100. And then once we got in the 100 and the 135, that's when we started introducing. That's where I met Brock. Brock started testing it. 
um, John Hoyer in the walleye world. Brock and John were at the same time, and uh, we really propelled ourselves, putting ourselves out there in those two industries. We have certainly picked uh, plenty of, of good, you know, representatives to have with Dakota Lithium. Naturally, they're uh, perfectly linear with some of our favorite people to uh, to talk to. But, you know, you're talking about taking off like Dakota Lithium has, kayak fishing in general has taken off. You know, Ronnie and I have talked about this a lot on previous podcasts. We've had, you know, other kayak anglers on. Um, for you, like, what has it been like watching kayak fishing grow? And then obviously for Dakota Lithium being a part of it in general. Well, it's, you know, it was a, it's been a five-year journey. And like I said, with, with, with Chad being our partner in the beginning, you know, he is the godfather of the kayak fishing. And I just think, you know, it was perfect right before COVID hit. And then when COVID hit, it was basically the only thing we were allowed to do, you know, and that just gave it, you know, gave it more weight. And the beauty is, it's not a $70,000 bass boat. You know, you can get in for a thousand, you can get it in for 1500 and you can compete. And these guys compete just same, but different as the boat guys, you know, um, I, when, when, when I, when we first got into it, I competed with these guys terribly, but I lived a life for three years just to understand it better, to live it, to know it, to taste it, you know, and it's a hard life. You know, you, you, you can't be a 55 year old man and be out of shape and doing kayak fishing just doesn't go, man. You know, I'll never forget. I'll never forget. We did uh we did a tournament with native and Jordan Lee, you know, is with native and we did this tournament of champions down in Gunnersville. And we're at, we're all at the awards waiting for everybody. And here comes Jordan Lee covered with mud from head to toe. You know, I'm like, Jordan, where did, oh, I was in the middle of a swamp, <laughs> you know, it was, it was just, he was exhausted, you know, and you know, the Palma, when he made his first, he was exhausted too. It's, 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 it's a, it's a very physical way of competing in the bass world right now. One big thing that, uh, if for those who don't know Stormy, Stormy, you talked about Chad Hoover selling things in the kayak realm. Well, when it comes to selling lithium batteries across the world or the country, you're the guy to go to. But you also manage uh, the pro staff process of not only top level Bassmaster Elite Series pros, but maybe ambassadors all the way down, you know, all the way down to amb ambassadors or influencers, things like that. How have you, when you look at who our guests are on the podcast today, first, second, third, and angler of the year, you have Russ Snyder's, Nick Dyer, and Greg DePalma, all totally different in terms of backgrounds, pursuits, desires. When you as a pro staff manager looking at these lists of anglers and classifications, it's are they applying for the same levels when it comes to the Elite Series guys needing to work with you guys or kayak anglers or Opens Pros college programs? all kinds of things like that. Do you just clump them into one big budget or do you have to allocate? Because these kayak guys are specialists now, but they're also yeah. getting their own brand platforms where there's going to be a Brock Mosley, the kayak series or a Hank Cherry, the kayak series well, very soon. Kind of is right now yeah. with, with Russ, isn't it? You 100%. know, and you got Russ winning everything for the last three <laughs> years. You know, it's, uh, you know, Hank, I don't know. I, I, I would, I would put him up 
Kevin Van Dam back in the early days. You know, he's that dominating. He's that winning. Um, and these guys can fish, bro. You know what I mean? I mean, a hundred inches, you know, think about that. That's five 20 inch fish. Or you're talking five, five pounders, five, six pounders, you know, and they do that consistently every tournament, no matter what pond we go to, they're finding the fish and putting up the numbers. You know, they're that good at what they do right now. Um, you know, you go all the way down. KBF has the state challenges and we have the local tournaments around here, even uh, KBF, New York. It's, you know, it's, and I think that's part of it also is, you know, in, in, in bash, you've got, you know, you have the opens, you have Bass nation. So it, it, the substructure's there for the boat world. It's the same thing in the kayak world that you have the substructure to compete at the local level to the national level. And it gives, you know, and I, I honestly think it it's becoming guys are actually a, trying to achieve that goal to be a national kayak bass fisherman, just like there are with the boat guys, you know? So it's, it's pretty cool to watch it grow, bro. It really is. Well, we appreciate Dakota lithium jumping in and supporting that growth. Um, you know, a lot of companies want to support it but not many will put their money where their mouth is and helping anglers out with payouts. You guys did that this year with the angler of the year. And uh, I can't wait to talk to our top three finishers, gold, silver, and bronze when it comes to the AOI race. And uh, I know a couple of those represent your brand, but Stormy, I appreciate you joining us to kick off this podcast uh, of the winning ways for the kayak series for 2023. I know there's a lot more growth. If you're, you guys seem to be just like JM associates here in little rock even on a good year, you're thinking about what's next. What can we do better for next year? How can we be better? And uh, so with you leading the charge there, I know the anglers are going to be taken care of on that side of the spectrum. So appreciate your involvement. And, man, Kayak Series and beyond, it's growing in the sport of fishing for sure. Now we just need to manage it. There we go. Let's go. Let's bring it on, baby. Let's bring it on. Perfect. Craig Storms, a.k.a. Stormy with Dakota Lithium. Appreciate you, man. And uh, Kyle, let's jump into getting our guys on the line when it comes to our Angler of the Year race. We mentioned it. Russ Snyder's, Nick Dyer, Greg DePalma, first, second, and third. Russ Snyder's winning by about 20 points over second and third. They were all one point after that. Second, third, fourth, fifth, all within just a point or so increment. But dominating the Bassmaster Kayak Series for 2023 was Russ Snyder's. And he, we got to talk to him earlier in the year. Winning the kayak classic at Chickamauga. That wasn't a points event, but that was a high point in his year. And not only did he win that, he has now won classic and AOY in the same season. Russ Snyder is our first guest. Kyle, we mentioned it. It's hard to have more of a perfect season than what Russ Snyder's did this year. Uh, congratulations, our 2023 Dakota Lithium Kayak Angler of the Year. What a great season. And not only did you win the Angler of the Year, you also won the classic earlier this year. So two of the biggest trophies in the sport of bass fishing and especially at the kayak level. And you got them both in 2023. So congrats, man. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on Ronnie Kyle. Appreciate it guys. And yeah, it's, it's been just a surreal year and uh, really blessed that things just worked out the way they did. Really, really was an incredible season. I mean, that goes without saying I was sitting there looking at all the, uh, <laughs> 
the standings. You know, some guys you look, you start at the bottom and work your way up, but I, you never made it out of the top three. It seemed like in any tournament <laughs> you, uh, that you fish. So, man, I, I just, I, I gotta ask, like, it's a general question, but like, what was this year like for you? Because, like I said, every time we, 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 you know, go to post a, a gamer, or go to look at the results. I mean, it was like you were in the top three. Like, I, I mean, a lot of things had to go right for you, right? No, definitely. You know, and I was, it was, it was a schedule that definitely favored the style of fishing I do. There's a couple of events on the Tennessee River between, you know, the, the classic, which was on Chick, and then the first tournament to start things off at Gunnersville. And the, uh, whenever it comes to the Tennessee River, River, I've been, you know, living out here a little over 10 years now, spent a lot of time on it. And uh, I'm definitely starting to kind of figure things out with that. And uh, another tournament that we had was at Lacrosse, and that's a place just, so I think I've been five times now and just have had a, a lot of success there. It fits my style of fishing and uh, Susquehanna smallmouth, you know, river fishing, uh, something I like to do. And um, and what, what was the Hartwell? Hartwell is the one that's a little more more challenging as far as my style of fishing goes. Uh, a lot more live scope stuff going on. And luckily, I was able to find some bed fish for that one, which um, which, yeah, still gave me a, a pretty solid finish. Yeah, and before we even jumped into the kayak series coverage, uh, Kyle's obviously like a seasoned pro of it. His first photo he ever take, takes at a kayak event, he gets a Bassmaster cover. But uh, you have been a name that we've heard about for a long time in the kayak series. Uh, we were glad to see you fishing Bassmaster with us. And then obviously to come in and dominate for the most part uh, in the points race, that's something that's hard to, hard to do overall. But what is this... <clears throat> style of fishing meant to you to be somewhat of a pioneer for it to gain the notoriety amongst the community this honestly feels like a little bit of kvd during his era where if you know about kayak fishing you hear of a couple big names you're one of those big names and it kind of seemed like that way for a good portion of the early 2000s with with van dam so uh for you you try to now carry that torch and help these tournament organizations create a better or are you just all in it for you and, and everybody else can just get in line? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, definitely. Yeah. I want to be a positive role model in the sport. I like, you know, getting younger, younger kids, especially, and uh, you know, want to see that, that that's really what's going to take to, to keep growing the sports, keep getting that youth involved. And uh, it's good to see so many really awesome uh, young anglers that have, have been able to, you know, really be close with and kind of help mentor too. And, um and it's um yeah it's it's just it's been a just an enjoyable experience overall i'm, I'm just so uh so grateful for what bass has done to really step up and uh and have such a great schedule with a great tournament director and steve owens and uh it's yeah it's just it's really great to see the direction that, that things are going right now and uh really excited for the schedule next year and Hopefully I can, you know, just kind of <laughs> at times a big responsibility to kind of be the face of the voice of, of, of some, but I'm, you know, I'm doing my best and I'm just trying to be a positive person, be kind to everybody and take the time to, to help out when needed. Own it, man. Own it. That's, uh, that's one of the things, you know, I wasn't planning on asking this, but the more you, you got to talk in there, like Ronnie said, you're such a recognizable name not only for kayak fishing, but like, even if you don't follow the kayak fishing, you know who Russ Snyder's is. So the question I have is like, you know, with kayak fishing being more accessible than going out and buying a super expensive boat and things of that nature, 
for somebody like a younger angler, like you were talking about, what would be your advice to get started, you know, as far as even, you know, outrigging a kayak, things of that nature, just to try to jump into the tournament scene? Because again, you know, it's, it's something that's more doable for a younger angler. It is, you know, especially with the the overhead of, of having a boat, especially these days, you know, between gas prices and the, the cost of the boat insurance and registration, the amount of travel it takes the you know, all, all those things. It's, um, I know a lot of younger anglers, you know, see the, all the guys on the elite series and all that, and that's what they in, inspired to do. But I mean, just to be honest, you know, a lot of times it's, un, it's, I wouldn't say unrealistic, but it's a, it's, uh, it's definitely a lot of people, younger people, especially put themselves in situations where they can't really afford to do that financially and they get themselves in trouble uh, they're just building up, you know, just building too much, you know, credit and, uh, not been, but yeah, racking up those credit cards and, uh, and, and, you know, kayak fishing is such a, a whether you call it an alternative or just, I think it's just a smarter direction to go for young anglers to pursue something where they can do it, uh, and be financially responsible and be able to still compete at a, a very high level and be able to, also just being a community of people that's so willing to share and, and help others learn. And uh, I think it's just a great avenue, whether, you know, that's what you solely want to do, or if you want to use it as a stepping stone to get into the bigger, you know, bass boat tournaments, uh, something that, you know, I wish I had the opportunity when I was younger back in the day, I probably would have gone that route. And, um, and uh, but yeah, I'm glad that it's here for the, for the young anglers. I hope to see more and more, um, just go that way and get get involved with it. And I know they're, um, you know, having uh, college or certain host college tournaments and kayak and high school tournaments and stuff like that for the kayak anglers as well. So that's something I hope to just con continue to see uh, grow and evolve. It's hard to not have the crossover yet. Like you want it to be like where like I think about the question, what's next for the kayak series? But it's. I don't know if there's a way to ever combine the two formats or, or ways of fishing or style, or even if you guys want to be a part of it, but it's, it feels like the only way to grow the kayak series now is just the number of boats competing and then the prizes that are guaranteed because otherwise like it's a sustainable thing that you guys are already doing. You guys don't necessarily need to have the platform of TV, but how do we incorporate that kind of coverage? Because that, that is the one big thing that I'm always interested in is, how yeah. would I fish in a kayak? How would I watch someone fish in it? You know, and you guys already put up your own videos and have these things. And so I don't know what's next for the kayak series, but do you guys ponder that and sit back? Because with the elite series anglers, they say, well, one day we'd love to get it where we pay less entries or payouts go up and we stay the same for entries, or we don't have entries and we fish for this amount. Like, so there's always negotiation um, and hopes and ad, you know, and thoughts about that. But for kayak series, have you had that? Uh, I've heard different talks between the tournament directors and organizations about making like an elite series for the kayak anglers where it's maybe only like 30 to 50 anglers and everybody has, um, you know, some sort of whether it's GoPros or some sort of camera equipment on there so they can live stream it. And that would definitely bring more spectators awesome. and more fans involved. It, it, yeah, I think it would be really awesome. And I hope to to see it go that direction someday. I don't know if we're quite there yet, maybe in a couple years, uh, but I know there's uh, a lot of talk about just kind of going going that direction and, and making it so there can just be a, a bigger fan base for it. Right now, you can still follow along, uh, you know, on Tourney X and uh, 
um, see the standings and see it all in live, you know, live as it's going on, but to actually see the footage. And like I say, some of the anglers take the footage and make YouTube videos and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, whether it's Christine Fisher or uh, Greg Blanchard or some of the other, you know, a number of other people too. But um, those guys have been playing a huge part in growing the, uh, you know, growing the sport and getting more anglers involved in these kayak tournaments as well. And, um hopefully yeah it'll, it'll continue to grow that way and hopefully like i said if we can have live like yeah higher entries and more of an elite um format where it's just a smaller group of anglers that are kind of trying to do it full time right now i'd say there's you know maybe 20 30 percent of the anglers are are on that level that are ready for that commitment and the rest of them and are you know any other from entry level to you know doing it yeah, just a weekend angler, just a number of different anglers and, you know, all in between that are doing the tournaments right now. But to make some kind of separation there would, uh, would, yeah, it might be the right, right move to help grow the sport, I think. Well, I can't help but ask, too, you know, hearing you talk about that, like just from the time you started to now, how much have you noticed it? Because it seems like, you know, obviously I'm more plugged into it now than I was just from the tournament coverage aspect of it. But it seems like from the time you started to even this point, it has had to mm-hmm. grow exponentially. So what has that process been like? Yeah, the competition is definitely getting higher and higher. And uh, we're mm-hmm. getting more and more people moving from bass boat world in here. We're having more younger anglers that have uh, kind of worked their way up and, and uh, really established themselves in the, in the tournament scene. And, um, and yeah, I would say, um, Oh shoot! Now I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> it happens um, to me all the but, time. You're good. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's um, yeah. You know, it's it's good to say that, and it's gonna be just kind of interesting to see see where it goes from there. So. Well, Kyle, back it seems like Russ has been such a pioneer. He was fishing in a kayak when it was black and white. You know, back in back in the day. Now he's fishing in color. You know, just a few years yeah. later, it's now high def fishing. Um, but I have a question for you when it comes to how your season played out obviously angler of the year uh phenomenal year you win the classic as well uh kyle's always the bait guy but i'm gonna jump in and steal his question from for you guys today couple key baits that you kind of felt yourself throwing consistently throughout the season or maybe it was various through each tournament but was there a couple baits that you said you know these have actually been my players this year yeah a couple big swim baits the uh uh Zell Dangerous swim bait as well as the Mag Draft and kind of had a combination of both. They're both similar swim baits and I've got both of them and uh, both of those I'd say have been the probably the biggest player for me this this year. I'm also How'd flipping. You... I've done a number of other things, but if I, looking back, like the classic I won on uh, on Chris's swim bait, Zell Dangerous swim bait, and then um, and uh, Susquehanna River. I was using uh, a Mag Draft there and that played a big part and. Um, yeah, and then some sight fishing, you know, in, in Gunnersville and Hartwell. I did some sight fishing uh, for spawners in both of those tournaments. I feel like it's it's been a number of years since I've kind of done that. Just sometimes it just works out, you know, depending on the scheduling of the tournament where you're at, you know, for it to fall fall in line with that spawn bite. But definitely had that happen a couple of times this season. Uh, so that was fun, kind of uh, getting to do some of that again and. Um, but yeah, otherwise I'd, I'd say the, the big swim bait really played a part in getting some of the bigger kicker fish and, 
um and that's you know if i had to pick one lure uh that's that's what it would be so to kind of go on i guess on like a little bit of a seminar you you mentioned both swim baits the mag draft and the zout dangerous one uh did you rig them the same way or did you rig one different than the yeah. other like even though they're similar in profile they may you know they may act different yeah, mostly I've been rigging them on my owner beast hook. Uh, I got picked up a couple of Chris's. Well, I already had a bunch of mag drafts, and then uh, Chris's swim baits came out, so I went to Bass Pro, and they were sold out of a lot of them. So I got got a couple packages of those, and had some luck with them, and uh, just kind of waiting, uh, you know, for my mag drafts to to finish up. And I'm gonna switch over to to those El Dangerous swim baits. Chris is a buddy of mine, and like supporting him, and um but but yeah i can't just throw my mag drafts away so <laughs> hey so for every right for now, every 10 that you buy maybe every 10 <laughs> news out dangerous ones you buy maybe he'll throw in one or two since he's a buddy and maybe he'll mail them to you i don't know i ask him for a yeah friend i'll ask I, I hate asking for for favors <laughs> from people and you know i know friends are sponsored by different companies I'm like hey hook me up with this you know but uh i want to support him too and, and you know for I'm, sure I'm buying those a lot that money will go to him too from yeah that's, royalties so i want to support that how, as well that's how you got to pick your friends strategically based on their sponsors needs <laughs> yeah, yeah right. a couple of pure fishing guys got some strike king guys <laughs> got some, uh you know zaldane with this uh with bass mafia but uh kind of back to the season as a whole uh, again you know to have the kind of season you did naturally a lot of things had to go right like i mean you had to have a lot of good decisions. I mean, mostly all good decisions because the results wouldn't say anything else, but you know, you might have to think on this for a second, but if you go back in time, there had to have been like a one specific instance, one specific situation where you made a critical decision that like, that really propelled your season. Like, had you not made this decision, you might not be the top spot, but might still be in the top five. Like what, what was there a specific tournament, like a specific instance you could tell a story about? The class, well, it doesn't, I guess it didn't relate to my season because the classic wasn't part of the points for that, but that, that was classic definitely counts. a huge, classic uh, counts. Does, okay, yeah. well, for sure, out of, yeah, all the tournaments I've ever done, that was, that was a memorable one just for that sake of, you know, the first day I had a good limit, I was in third place, got them all on the swim bait. Uh, second day, I started off with three good ones on the swim bait, another hour or two later, got another good one on the swim bait and I had four fish with like six hours left just to get another keeper. And I went like four and a half hours or so without a bite. And I just abandoned everything. I scrapped everything, did a, a yeah hour and a half left. And I spent 40 of those minutes just using my torpedo motor to get a little backwater area somewhere I'd never been before at all uh, with the biggest tournament, you know, I've ever fished on the line and just saying, heck, I'm going to, I'm going to take a gamble. And I went down there and caught my fifth and final keeper, like 20, 25 minutes left to go on a red lucky craft crankbait. And that was definitely a moment where, where it was, it was a bit of a bold, bold decision to, to do that. And, you know, it was a bit of a gamble and it, it paid off that time. That doesn't always happen that way. So. Well, is there anything on your horizon that you're looking forward to? The schedule came out obviously, and it's got some great places, some places that overlap, Possum Kingdom, Gunnersville, Susquehanna are all on there different maybe times of the year than we had in 2023. Then you add in uh, the Caddo one, obviously at the end of the year to book in the season and we kick off the year at Lake Murray. Um, for the most part, 
if there is bass, you will travel and fish it. It doesn't matter where it's <laughs> at. But is there one that you're like, I really want to fish that, or this place is really hot and it's going to be, you know, I'm looking forward to a tournament there. I'd, I'd honestly say that, that next year's schedule is about the best schedule I've ever seen of any circuit I've fished anywhere. I think it's just, I mean, it's it's definitely catered to like a shallow, shallow power power fisherman's uh wheelhouse you know with with all those lakes and um yeah i'm i'm really excited for murray especially with seeing the bassmaster i think it was a bassmaster event there last year just with how many limits and how many fish were caught i've fished there briefly briefly at a kayak tournament there i think last year with another tournament organization but had very limited time and just kind of fished one little part of the lake and um and yeah and it, again i had good good results i think it was a couple of weeks before that murray event uh for the elite series there and yeah that lake's on fire right now so i'm excited for that one and and all the rest of them too to be honest there isn't a single one i've had some experience on every one of those bodies of water caddo and susquehanna obviously this year i got a second and um yeah gunnersville all, all of them are they look schedule is awesome kyle uh he likes the whole schedule because he gets top five in every place he fishes. Yeah. So it's like, oh, I've never had a bad experience here. I've, uh, you know, but um, that's Still a good situation to be. Tonight at this point, just trying to find out yeah. he doesn't do well on the oh, lakes well, that have I, I no water a, in them. <laughs> Steve-O gave me a, a peek at the the next year after that schedule. It's just kind of tentative, but that one's definitely more catered towards you know fishing deeper water with electronics. A very very different schedule. That's it's all tentative, but. Uh, very different look than, than what we're fishing next year. So it'll be a I, I good have, way. Or go ahead, Kyle. I do have one more thing to ask. Obviously, uh, you know, you can't be the back-to-back -back, uh, kayak national championship winner without winning the first one, which you already did. So looking forward to 10 killer, what are your thoughts on 10 killer early on? Um, you know, have you done much scouting of it? Have you ever been there and just your thoughts on the lake as it sets up? to where you you know as as you know about it now i guess what you know about it so yeah i've never been to 10 killer i've heard not so much about it i've chatted a little bit with a few of my friends and people that have been there uh it sounds like it's an awesome lake with some huge fish and we're going to be hitting it just at the right time of the year you know and um yeah i haven't done a lot of fish broken bow in oklahoma and some people say it's somewhat similar to that um i've had some success at, at broken bow so um yeah and I, I love that part of the country there around tulsa like eastern oklahoma is such a, a cool area really really like it a lot kind of reminds me of middle tennessee around nashville and stuff too just with the way the lake set it up and just the topography and geography of the the area there it's it's pretty similar so i don't know if by the time we have the classic there in 2024 if the name will be officially changed or not but i've heard rumors that lake tinkiller is supposed to be changed to jason christie reservoir because that's that's his uh his is bread it? and butter <laughs> that is his home lake and it's everyone cool. in the winter league loves when the elite series season starts because he's <laughs> no longer fishing the tuesday tournaments there but um, <laughs> russ i know the fear of other anglers when you step foot or step or you start floating on a body of water uh, is there as well but appreciate you joining us angler of the year Russ Snyder's appreciate you and congratulations. We look forward to 2024 and beyond. Thank you for all that you do for the sport and the kayak series in general. And also you don't even have to do it, but behind you, you put the bass shield on your wall as one of the tournament series you fish. And we appreciate that at Bassmaster. We don't want to take that for granted. 
Cool. I appreciate everything you guys do and I appreciate you guys having me on. And, uh, look forward to catching up with you next year. Awesome. Our angler of the year, Kyle, the man who knocked, I guess, everyone else down one rung, Russ Snyder's. Congratulations to him. And, uh, man, we, we got to talk to him at the Classic after winning. We got to hear that story of the last second heroics. But otherwise, it just seems like the dude's just a machine. Like, that, if that's the one sign of weakness or struggle is that he went a few hours without a bite, but then he still saved it and turned it around and won it. Absolutely phenomenal fisherman. And uh, I uh, I can't wait to learn more about him and, and continue to watch him fish because he seems like a wealth of knowledge for sure and humble. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a joy to talk to. But, you know, it's funny whenever, you know, the Bassmaster Kayak Series started, um, it's hard to compare it to something, but you probably understand this reference. It's like when you first started fishing in college, like you heard rumblings of certain names and you're like, <laughs> I don't even know who this dude is, but like, you like this guy, this guy, this guy, like you just hear about him all the time. For me, that's who Russ Snyder's was with the, the kayak series. Like, like right off the jump, like the more I talk to people like Christopher Decker and, and people that were more plugged into that world beforehand, um, you know, Russ Snyder's was one of the names that just came up time and time again. And the second kayak tournament I covered was at uh, Eufaula in Oklahoma, or excuse me, in, in Alabama, my, pardon me. And uh, he won that one. And I was like, all right, like it, it basically justifies that. Up, yeah. And then since then, all he's done is basically win or come within, you know, two or three spots of winning consistently every tournament we hold, it seems like. So uh, certainly the model for consistency when it comes to, uh, kayak fishing and and you know the season he had was was nothing short of spectacular that's for sure it reminds me of how kyle welcher and brandon cobb did this year in angler of the year fighting it out because russ wins by 20 points roughly over nick dyer and then 21 over greg de palma and then 22 over drew gregor like everyone in second third fourth fifth sixth, like we're one point one point one point yet he's 20 points head and shoulders above everybody else I know that's not a big number, but six to seven spots per kayak event on average is what that's going to take to get a 20-point win over a three-tournament, uh, you know, hierarchy there. And so to see him beat out those people to to catch just enough every little time uh, to basically box him out to where at the end of the year people had to win win events if they and hope he slipped a little. Um, so phenomenal season for him. He is your Dakota Lithium. Uh, angler of the year for the kayak series we get to talk to in this episode second place and third place as well so don't tune away we have nick dyer and greg de palma coming right up kyle we mentioned it we just talked to russ snyder's our angler of the year for the 2023 bassmaster kayak series and runner-up this year can't shake a stick at this man either what a great year for nick dyer nick appreciate you joining us and man, what a season you had. Second place. I know every competitive angler wants to have just one more spot higher, but absolutely phenomenal out of the stacked field that we had in the kayak series this year. It's definitely a lot of fun. So a lot of good venues, good people, good competition. Nick, I gotta ask, what part of Alabama are you are you living in and what would be considered your uh, your home lake? Phoenix City, Alabama. Um live pretty much right on the river and probably fish the river below West Point Lake more than anything, but I'll venture down to Eufaula and, and Seminole. If we had to say a lake, I'd probably rather drive to Seminole than fish anything else nearby. Well, that was, that was kind of partially what I was going to ask. So 
I was sitting there looking through all the results and couldn't hardly find your name outside of the top 10 in a tournament that you fished. So one, that just speaks to how good of a season you had again, like Ronnie mentioned. But, uh, you know, it's always said for guys that live in Alabama, it seems like there's such a diversity of lakes that, you know, you don't necessarily go anywhere that you feel like un uncomfortable with. Is, do you find that to be true? And have you, you know, ventured around and fished most of the lakes here in Alabama uh, out of a kayak? I really have not. I mean, I, I was born up in North Alabama and fished like Wheeler and like Flint Creeks, one of the little tributaries to Wheeler. Um, probably have not fished a whole lot of Tennessee River type or fisheries, except for the few national like Hobie and, and Bass events that I've done on them. You know, probably more of a Chattahoochee River in that area since I've, I guess, become of age to to go out and on my own um, and got into the kayak thing, you know, Chattahoochee River has pretty much been home stretch of water. And, and of course we'll go hit the Flint occasionally as well. Sure. Um, a, few, a few trips towards the Coosa, but not many. So tell us about that kayak story about, about your, um, you know, I guess development on this side of the sport in a kayak, were you in a bass boat prior to this? And was that your style or your game, or did you just get introduced to kayak fishing? Tell us a little bit about the progression that you've made to now competing nationally and doing well. It seems like that Georgia region, Alabama, Georgia region is great for fishing in general, but especially the kayak game, it's starting to blow up in that Georgia, North Georgia, East Tennessee range as well. I uh, pretty much grew up, you know, granddad would take me fishing and then had had family and, and family friends that would take me out fishing and always enjoyed it. But really growing up in a family of athletes and full of athletics, probably did more of the baseball, golf and, and all of those things growing up. But as I got older and and, and fatter and slower, we realized that if we wanted to be competitive, um, fishing was was a good avenue to to channel that energy because you can do it sitting down and maybe not as strenuous of exercise, but it's definitely challenging and competitive. And you know we've got a lot of really good competition with local clubs and some really good water in the area. So that's kind of what got me into the to the kayak. I guess started off in a kayak just because it's not extremely expensive to get into and, and you can access so much water and really avoided a lot of your bigger busier fisheries just because there's not a lot of run and gun and covering water in a kayak so i mean it, creek fishing and, and river floats and stuff like that's just a lot of fun it's a good way to, to to see the water in a kayak but you know the more i invested in it the more time i spent the the more serious I've got about it. And of course, now I've got to where I'm at least willing to, to do quite a bit of travel and put a pretty good investment into time. Nick, obviously to have the type of season you had, you had to have a lot of things go right for you. Naturally though, as fishermen, you always think about the one that got away, the one decision you could have made. Was there one tournament in you know particular that you can look back on and wish one, I wish I you know could have that one back. And then two, like, is there a certain thing you would do differently in that tournament? I mean, there's always that one thing that could, could go better, but at the same time, just looking at it from the big picture, I mean, 
like you said, I mean, the number of things that had to go right for me to have the season that I did. I mean, I, I'm definitely not one to second guess that. I'm, I'm going to take it and run with it. Um, Gunnersville, I have not had a whole lot of good experience there. So I, I actually went to a different launch that I'd never seen before. I drove by it when I got into town on Friday. I did not get to do a whole lot of my one pre-fishing trip on Gunnersville. Essentially, I eliminated a spot that I was more familiar with. So like I said, my, my goal there was to find new water. And I just went and looked at a ramp and then the day of the tournament, you know, just started covering water and actually ran into to a pile of fish late in the day on day one or after lunch um, later. And so day two, of course, I just went and camped out on them and, you know, definitely wouldn't, wouldn't change anything. I had a, a bigger fish late in the day on day one, break me off. And I, mean, I saw it and I was reaching for it. It was in a little rock pile and, but you know, that's fishing. I mean, I got it to bite and then I got another one to bite shortly after. I mean, you know, there's things like that. I, I could have possibly bumped up a, a spot or two in that event. Possum Kingdom, I had two good fish pull off late in the day and that would have made a spot or two difference. Hartwell, you know, I really and truly Hartwell and Susquehanna, both of those were my higher finishes of the year, but finished 11th in both of those, but both of those were probably better, cleaner fishing as far as less mistakes things that went wrong but like i said i mean that's that's just part of fishing and you know those those little details matter you know when you're in type competition and going against the type anglers that of course are out there well that's one thing that kyle is always the bait guy when we interview elite series pros and things like that uh that he's always wanting to know top baits of the month or what what was the key for them and I'm going to do the same thing, you know, today for the, for you studs on the kayak series. After you look back at your season, you fished four of the five events. You only needed, you know, obviously we take the top three finishes for the points race. Uh, were, was there a key bait that just seemed to rear its head every event for you? Or did you mix it up every event? What were some, if you had to look back at your tackle box and say, these three or four things were super trusty for me all year? I've always been like a, a big bait or swim bait as far as part of the way I enjoy fishing is just I'll go out and fish all day for one or two bites. So I'll throw bigger baits. I like throwing top water all day. Surprisingly, those were not as, as big of a, a factor. One of the reasons I try and run from my, from some of the history, because I'll go out and throw things and, and probably not be as consistent you know, throw things that'll get a big bite, but not be as consistent in the tournaments. Um, I found a uh, big bites makes a B5 line through that I got some really good confidence in this year. Um, and it was a really good player. And I know it had a lot to do at Hartwell with doing good. Um, trying to think. Susky was a pretty good bull shad bite. And then very rarely do I do plastics or, or dragging the bottom. I just don't really have a whole lot of patience for that. Anything, anytime I can fish moving baits and move quick, I'm, I'm a lot happier. 
I couldn't help but notice the one the one rod in frame that we can see right now also <laughs> has a big bait on it, I believe. Yeah, I've got this has kind of turned into my little rigging room, and those are got a few swim bait combos that are always rigged up. I don't think we've actually got our um, Georgia State Bass Nation kayak event on Seminole this weekend. So those aren't in the starting lineup. I've got everything rigged, ready to get in the truck this weekend in the living room area. But those are, I've got a couple of swim bait rigs that, that keep some big baits tied on them. I mean, they're swim bait dedicated setups. So Nick, you talked about the Hobie series and other tournaments that you probably fish around there, especially as they pop up more and more in the kayak realm. Um, but what's it been like to jump into the the Bassmaster uh, tournaments on the kayak side of it and our participation in the sport to try to help grow it um, and also build off of what has already been formed and, and done well through the other series? Uh, was it well-received by the anglers? Maybe you specifically, but just the tournament meetings and, and things like that. We've got a good tournament director that, that can roll with you guys for all year. Was there some things that you looked at Bass uh, and the tournaments and said, hey, you know what, actually this was really put together well and I look forward to more of these? I mean, I, a lot of it is, you know, all of us as anglers get to know each other pretty well. I mean, we we all are guys that have and girls that have the same interest. And, you know, we love getting out there fishing and the competition's good too. So any chance, you know, I feel like I get to go see friends and that I don't get to see very often. And these big events are kind of the central meeting point. Um, you know, Hobie has, has been really good these past few years. I've, I've had a few good day ones in some Hobie events, um, never have put two days together. Um, and then of course, you know, bass, I had, had a few decent, you know, events with, had big fish when they were, you followed down here a few years back. And of course this year with, with Steve-O, you know, getting the tournament director spot and, and everything he's worked with the Georgia state bass nation, which, the local club that I'm part of works closely with. And of course, everybody that knows Steve-O knows what type of a person he is and what type of a tournament director. So it's hard not to want to be involved with anything that, that he's doing. Um, so of course we just get excited and go out and fish them, you know, ready to go whenever that schedule posts, you know, you start looking at your work dates and how much time you feel like you can, can take off. Um, I probably, I've always, I finished the Susquehanna before this year, one other time. And I had, a, you know, Possum Kingdom had a really good showing a few years back when it was the kayak classic. And to be honest with you, I don't know if I would have made either of those trips if it weren't for getting off to a good start at Gunnersville and Hartwell, which are both closer you know, it's a little bit easier to take a, not have to take a full week off work with travel and pre-fish. And, you know, historically, I, I have not traveled as well going somewhere and competing, but I have also not dedicated the time taking a full week off and actually going and doing a proper preparation, you know, pre-fish. You know, you, you drive into town somewhere you've never been before and hit the water for a few hours on Friday and 
usually you get the results that you prepare for and, <laughs> and all that can give you a, a long drive home. So, I mean, this year I was fortunate to have success early and, and that really kind of helped my confidence a lot. And, and then we put in a little bit of extra effort and made it pay off. Nick, I imagine, uh, you know, you're talking about taking some time off and uh, traveling. I imagine you've done some uh, pre-scouting, some looking around, at least on Google, of uh, Lake Tenkiller for the, the championship next year. How much, uh, well, I mean, obviously looking forward to it, but um, how much preparation have you already done there? And do you plan on trying to make a trip over there before uh, the official practice? I, I don't know that I'll make a separate trip. You know, I, I may, if I can, time off work's just so hard to come by. And then the other aspect of it is, I mean, you've got the seasonal change and the moving around the fish. So, I mean, to try and take a snapshot and go over there, I go over there and find something that I feel like is going to, you know, either A, you don't go, you go over there and you don't catch them and you feel like you're in a bad area. Well, that area may be a great pre-spawn area, but it's not a good winter area. Or you go over there and you catch them and you show up tournament day. You know, I almost feel like I feel like a week's plenty of time to, if I can give myself a full week over there to pre-fish, a week's plenty of time to go over there and check out four or five different areas of a lake and and locate them. You know, to a certain extent with pre-fishing, especially times of year when conditions change and fish move so much. I don't feel like pre-fishing is, is a huge factor. You know, obviously it's always a factor if you can have a lot of experience on a lake, but just to, to take one trip and go over there and feel like you can dial anything in. I just, I don't know how, don't know if that's worth the, the mileage. Well, looking at this Say schedule, you're, you're talking about the classic there, which is in conjunction with the Bassmaster classic on grand Lake, the 10 killer event for the kayak series is going on around that same week. Uh, we announced the kayak schedule, and there are a couple places that are similar or the same as last year. Possum Kingdom, Gunnersville, Susquehanna River, those three places all show up again, but different times of the year from when we were there before, um, with Gunnersville obviously being in May this time. Then we add in uh, Caddo and, and Bistano uh, over in Shreveport, and then we start off the year at Lake Murray um, in February. Are you still planning to fish the full series? And when I say full series, at least three of them to be in contention for AOI because you have one close to your home state. Murray's not too far. And then some of the other ones you've been to already. Yeah, I, I'll definitely do at least three. You know, I, I know Murray's already on the radar. Um, Great time of the I year fish, for Murray as well. Yeah, that that's a it's, – it's easy to – like those early in the year events, it's easy to – to get that travel and get excited to travel because you've been cooped up all winter <laughs> long. And so you get that pre-spawn when, when they really start, start getting active and the bite picks up, it's, it's easy to get motivated to jump in your truck and make that trip. Um, I fished Caddo one time before did not have a lot of success, but like I said, it was the same scenario that I was talking about earlier. You drive into town, you know, and you give yourself half a day on Friday to go hit two or three ramps and, and you don't find them and, and you wonder why, but the reality of it is it's a huge lake and, and there's key areas that hold fish, but there's a lot of areas that, that basically just grow gators. So if, if you can't get over there and spend the time to find the fish, you know, 
you're going to get what what you earned and you know if you don't put in the effort you're not going to really earn getting out there and getting on the fish so caddo i like the thoughts of caddo but like i said i think that trip may be a little bit dependent on what type of position i'm in susquehanna it's just really hard not to to justify making that trip it fishes actually quite similar to the stretch of the Chattahoochee below West Point. We've got a lot of shoals, a lot of rock and, and current. So we've got shoal bass here, which a big current fish along the fall line. So that fishing like that really, that was very comfortable for me, definitely a, a comfort zone. So that, that one's kind of a definitely, I say definitely, that one's on the list of, that I want to make. Kyle, if Nick likes to throw moving baits, uh, obviously he's going to be dialed in on the river one, but also some of those other places along the way will have a great reaction uh, or big bait bite going on. But Nick, appreciate you joining us today on the podcast, man, and congratulations on a great season. Uh, it's hard to set your standards even higher than what you did this year, but you do have one more spot you can get there. You can be the 2024 angler of the year. Uh, I know it. And we saw it in the results this year. So good luck to you. And we hope to be able to talk to you in the future after another, uh, maybe a, maybe a big win or maybe AOI next year. Yeah, we def definitely like the thought of going for a blue trophy next year. And, yeah. and we thank you guys and thank Bassmaster and, and Steve-O for the product y'all are putting out. It makes it a lot of fun for, for us as anglers to get out there and chase it. So thank you guys. Awesome. Nick Dyer, our runner-up in the Angler of the Year race, and one of the guys that we know for the kayak series by name, based off their reputation. And Kyle, uh, cool to see a big bait approach. We know that that's a thing uh, to hear about the bull shads from the winner, uh, Josh, at the Susquehanna River, to hear him throw it as well there. And then to, obviously, the anticipation for next year's schedule. A little bit of travel going on here, especially if you're going to go to Murray, then you're going to go to the classic. Then you're going to go to Alabama, Possum Kingdom, everywhere in between. And like he said, he may convince him to go to Louisiana if he's in that angler of the year hunt. He needs one more to to, to knock it out. Yeah, absolutely. And the and the kayak series, you know, with the schedule that's out there is very diverse. And you know, yeah. you, you think about you think about the amount of different unique places they're going to go. And then you know what we've learned about the Susquehanna River. Um, about how much these guys like it and how unique it is and how different it is um, definitely makes for an interesting run. And, and again, like we mentioned earlier on with Nick, you know, the consistency it takes, you know, you look at, at what he did over the course of the season on bodies of water that are all completely different um, or at least mostly different. Uh, it's, it's really impressive that uh, he had that good of a season and still, you know, fell one place short. Yeah. It's, it remains to be seen. I mean, like, we talked to Russ Snyders earlier this year for winning the classic at Chickamauga. And then we talked to Greg DePalma for winning the late Gunnersville event. Like these guys won events that really helped their season. Obviously Russ, his win wasn't a points event for our season, but just being at the top of his game and to now get to talk to Nick after not getting a victory this year, but just being ever so steady throughout the season. So uh, that now takes us two down uh, one more to go, Kyle. And that last one is Bassmaster lead series pro Greg DePaul. We may lose him on the elite series one day and he may just become a full fledged kayak guy. Cause year one tournament one being in a kayak uh, has been highly successful for GDP. So he's next up on the docket for the inside Bassmaster podcast.
Kyle, we got to talk to this guy. Well, we get to talk to this guy frequently on the Bassmaster Lead Series, but we talked to him earlier in the year on our Winning Ways podcast for the Kayak Series because he won at Lake Gunnersville to kick off the year, and he said, hey, I'm coming for Angler of the Year, and boy, did you almost get it done. Greg DePalma, third place in our Kayak Angler of the Year. Congratulations, man. Uh, how was it? Year one of fishing out of a kayak at a competitive nature. Couldn't have probably did better than top three and a victory. Yeah, it was it was actually a really cool experience. Uh, like we talked about in the very first podcast, you know, that was my first time in a kayak. And uh, I'll tell you, mixing in the tournament scene really made it a lot of fun. I feel like we're going to we're going to stumble back over our feet here and ask some of the same questions. But I, I got to know, like you mentioned, it. obviously it happened so quick, like the, the gratification of it happening fast, like. What yep. was the moment? I mean, I know obviously winning the tournament was had to have been one of them, but was there a moment during like practice or during the tournament where you're like, I'm, I'm, I can do this just as well as I can in a bass boat? Yeah, I, I would say honestly, it was first time I stepped into it, like the first like five minutes. And I knew right away, like, like we talked about before, fishing at home in a small boat that I'm in right now, I'm just so used to small platforms. So it just made sense on troll motor for me. You went to some different places. You went to some some familiar places as well. Which remind me was was it Possum Kingdom was the event you missed or yes yes so you yep. missed Possum Kingdom. Um, otherwise, you went to Gunnersville. You got to see the Susquehanna River up by your neck of the woods. You went to the Mississippi River in La Crosse, Wisconsin, um, and Lake Hartwell. So you had been to a few of those places, but how did practice go approaching places you had been to? But now you're in a different vessel. And it's not easy just to go and lock up to pool seven or lock down to pool nine as quickly as you would. Now hopping in the truck's easier, but were there some stra strategic things that you learned along the way, especially on the wide open rivers where, where you're not going to go from one spot to another without your truck probably? Yeah, you know, I still kind of took the elite approach. I only gave myself two and a half, three days of practice every time for every event. Uh, just for a simple fact that I just know how fast stuff changes. Um but I really dialed in areas a lot more than I would in a bass boat, just for the simple fact of I can't move as much. Uh, I tried to pick the best areas for seasonal patterns, and the majority of the picks that I've done so far where I started at the first day of practice actually was where I practiced the tournament or fish a tournament at, um, except for Hartwell was still good, too. It's funny, Hartwell, me and Russ Snyder started on the same spot in the tournament. We saw each other all two days <laughs> of the tournament. And it was just one of them things like, did you already pick this fish off? Because it won't bite. It was one of them things where we were rotating on top of each other on spawning fish. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing, Ronnie, was just honestly tearing the areas down a lot more than I normally would. How often did you – oh, go ahead, Ronnie. It looked like you were about to say something. No, no, no. I, I was cool to transition, but I, I will follow up then. So – if that was your takeaway, you use the same amount of practice time you would have in an elite series, but you broke it down a little bit more. What would you say were your best bait out of a kayak or your top two baits out of a kayak this year with the, with the variety, we had a, a Northeast river featuring smallmouth. You had grass and vegetation and Mississippi river. You had herring fish and spawning fish at Hartwell. And then obviously Gunnersville with grass and, and some pre-spawn there. So a, a lot of different situations, but where did you tend to find yourself like these two or three things were, were key for me a lot of times? Actually, that wasn't the case at all this year. Every tournament I fished this year was something completely different. That's awesome. You know, Gunnerville was a, was a lipless bait, uh, which I crushed him on. Hartwell was a lot of drop shot and on fish that were on beds. Uh, Mississippi River was all frog for me for the most part. And then the Susquehanna, I was throwing an A-rig and a jerkbait a lot. 
Wow. So that's perfect. Ronnie, Ronnie, that's, that's the best thing we can ask for. Yeah. Ronnie asking that question kind of made me think, you know, storage wise, bass boat versus a kayak. Obviously, you have to simplify what you bring with the kayak. I know there's plenty of storage, you know, for the things you need. But did you ever notice, you know, a time through the season where you're like, I've been having success in a kayak with this limited amount of tackle to where you're like less stressed about carrying too much tackle in your bass boat? Yeah, that's that's honestly probably my biggest takeaway. And it kind of it kind of goes back to fishing at home, too. I keep it so basic and simple here with winning everything. Uh, gosh, man, you know, in a basketball, obviously I carry everything, but the only reason I'm still going to carry a lot is just because there's been little situations over the years where like, I did need something where I was next to somebody that was catching them on something I could see getting them on. And I obviously would have it in the bass boat. So man, simplifying things is definitely a big thing in bass fishing, but at the end of the day, man, I, I can see how it can still hurt you not having it. So you you mean to tell me in your bass boat, even if it's like January, you're still bringing the top water just in case they start schooling on. Yeah, you yeah, I would say yeah. <laughs> yep. That's pretty funny. Understood. In that last event of the season, Greg, obviously yep. AOI is tight. You've got the drop system where I think it's what is it? What was it, your top three tournaments out of your your five event season? So you fished four of them. So three of your top four finishes. Was there some math crunching going on where you're like Russ and Nick and myself and some others or we're all right here? And is there was there a magic number for you? Obviously, if Russ didn't take his foot off the the gas, like you couldn't you couldn't catch him necessarily. But was there like if I can get top five, it's very doable. He could get 20th and I win or something like that. Honestly, everything I did mathematically wise said I had to win. Uh, you know, even if Russ, because Russ needed to get a 15th or a lower because that was his worst finish of the year or higher, I should say. Uh, so I, I just went into the and went into it with the winning mindset. I got to win this tournament. That's all it came down to. I ended up only fishing three quarters of the day the first day of that tournament. I ended up breaking my trolling motor in that first day. I never even fished day two of that tournament. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was as we were talking, I went and looked at the 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 results and noticed the zero for the second day. So I was curious as to as oh, to yep. what happened there. I, I yep. figured it wasn't, wasn't just a natural zero, so that makes <laughs> a perfect perfect oh, sense. He took it to I the house. I don't know if you can zero on the Susquehanna River. To be honest with you, I'm not even sure it's possible. That was <laughs> that was partially my thought because we had on uh, Josh who won the tournament and he was just talking about catching. I mean, fifty to hundred a day or whatever it was. Now everybody was catching him. I was like, "There's no way he zeroed on the second day." Yep. yep. You know, one. Oh, go ahead, Ronnie. No, no, you're fine. I was gonna say, you know, one thing. I don't think we talked about it as much. The, the previous time you you came on but obviously you mentioned like Hartwell fishing for spawning fish obviously a technique where um you know being stealthy is going to be a, a huge advantage and obviously in a kayak you're going to have that advantage how much did you notice that was there ever like a moment where you're like man these fish are way less skittish if I can get you know to a certain point in a kayak versus a bass boat I noticed that on the very first fish that I set up on um you can get dang there on top of them in a kayak and almost catch every single one of them it's unbelievable how different it is and i still had some stuff pinging i mean i had my transducers on but man the fish just do not get scared it must be like a presence thing where a bass boat just pushes a lot more volume of water out of the way it's something man or it's just the pressure of a bass boat they're so used to it in a kayak i caught almost every single fish that i pulled up on and a couple of them like I'd drift into a, i'd be fishing one and i'd look over below my kayak and there'd be another one and i'd catch that one like below the kayak I think the kayak makes a big difference. I really do. 
Sure. They think it's a big piece of floating log down the river, just just <laughs> meandering. And he's got Huck Finn and uh, Tom Sawyer sitting on the sitting on the log. Um, Greg, so this has been a, a wide topic, and, and it's nothing that me and Kyle can fix right now for the tournament structure. But I see all the Facebook posts as tournament fishing's going down the drain, or payouts this, or entry fees that, and I and a hundred percent understand where certain pers- perspectives come from. Yep. What was it? Was it a little stress free or less stress fishing the kayak series this year? Dakota Lithium doing the Angler of the Year payout. Obviously, you had a win already this year. The culture and the environment of a lot of really hardcore tournament anglers in the kayak series, but also it's a lot probably more laid back of a tournament culture than maybe the elite series. And when you fish the elites and the elites and the elites, it's hard to sometimes reset yourself and just know we're fishing bass tournaments to catch bass, to try to do our best. And uh-huh. these guys kind of just, it, it's a, it's a lot more light and fun maybe for, for other tournament trails than the high pressure of the elite. So did you notice that this year at all? And if so, did that help you maybe harness those feelings for when you go into elite mode next year? Not, not like you're just trying to have fun, but like we're going to make, we're oh. going to have fun while doing it. It, it definitely did. It kind of opened up my eyes a little bit more. I mean, it's a national tournament still, but at the end of the day, I did feel like there wasn't any stress level to it. It was more fun, uh, you know, which I probably need to apply to an Elite Series event a lot more. Just go out there. And, we hear it all the time. Go out there and have fun. A lot of us hate hearing that because, like, that's all we hear a lot of, you know, just keep it simple. Go have some fun. And, and it's really hard when there's a lot of money on the line. I mean, it's, it's you know, what you do for a living. But the kayak thing definitely opened my eyes a little bit. Um, so I would say, yeah, I, I think – I think I learned a lot all the way around in this kayak series. And I said it on Bassmaster stage of one tournament, like, man, if you're looking to get your feet wet in a tournament series, I think the kayak route is a really good route to go. Now, Greg, you may have already, already, you know, announced this and I don't want to, you know, I may maybe already missed it, I guess, but what are your plans for next year as far as the kayak series, if you're going to continue to do it? And then if so, uh, what would be the one thing that you would, you know, you want to get better at? Obviously, you had a lot of success this year, so it's kind of hard to, you don't have a whole lot of spots to move up. But, um, <laughs> you know, like if there's something you learn from this year that you can use to your advantage next year. Yeah, so next year, uh, there's two tournaments that interfere with two elite events, the first two. Um, so I'm probably going to fish the last three. Obviously, I'm fishing a championship next year on 10 killer. Um, as far Which we as... want you to have a conflict in 2025. To where you can't fish the kayak championship and you're fishing the Bassmaster Classic, so we'll take care of that. Uh, but yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So, so my goal was to actually fish the classic and that. Oh, because I it guess down. it, yeah, it's ahead. Yeah, that would be yep, awesome. So that's still the goal. Looking forward. Um, so there you go. That that answers my other questions. So what thing would I like to try? I like to fish them both the same exact time. Be the first person to ever do that. I don't have anything else that I can really tell you that I would that I would change honestly. Going for the champ champ title. We'll have to it'd be Connor McGregor. That would be nuts. <laughs> that yeah. would be very cool. Uh well, Greg, I, I'm super glad that you got to join us here. And I can't wait to see how the uh Elite Series season goes for you and the kayak series. But uh last thing, we we haven't got to talk to you about the elite schedule yet. Anything you're looking forward to? We got Florida in April instead of the start of the year. We're in Louisiana and Texas to kick kick off the year. We've got the New York swing. Um, and then we've got the two Alabama June events that are a little bit uh, wild cards for a lot of people. Yeah, them two are my wild card for sure. But otherwise, I think it's probably one of the best schedules that I've seen since I finished Elite Series. 
Uh, I've never been to Toledo, but obviously Toledo's got giant bass in it. Fork that time of year could be absolutely <laughs> bonkers. So I'm just excited to go fishing, man. Catch. I I want to. I I still have not caught a double digit bass in my life. So I'm hoping out of them two first events, I can make it happen. But the northern swing. I mean, the northern swing is is a northern swing. There's no way around that. It's just freaking awesome. Uh, so I'm looking forward to 2024 more than I have since 2019. To be honest with you. Well, make sure you catch your double digit in one of the eight tournament days, not <laughs> not one of the six practice days, because that's a real possibility for Toledo and Fork. But um, awesome, Greg. Well, we appreciate you joining us. I uh, can't wait to see what you do next year. And, hey, keep that fresh, free mentality and mindset when it comes to the Elite Series, uh, because we see those guys that are just, you know, when they're having fun, they get on a yep. roll and everyone else has fun. So do that for sure. And we will, uh, we'll be talking to you more on the podcast next year, hopefully for a big blue trophy. We got it guys. I appreciate it. Thanks. Awesome. Kyle, Greg De Palma, uh, elite series pro and one of the best kayak anglers that we could have on the Yamaha Wrightwaters uh, Bassmaster kayak series. So it is, uh, it's cool to have Greg's perspective on here as well, because Greg, like we said, he's been an opens journeyman. He's on the elite series. He had a, a, a good northern swing to have a decent AOI finish. Would love to still consistently be in the classic, but yet he's finding success in the kayak series. And uh, he does have some goals that no one's ever accomplished at the same time. That would be cool to see him do that. Yeah, really cool story. I mean, we've we've obviously tracked it all year long and thought it was really incredible that he's doing both and not just doing both, but having success. You know, I mean, jumping in a kayak this year, for the first time and and have success. I mean, that's like almost a, a hard thing to figure. I mean, it's like I, I made the Connor McGregor reference a second ago. It's basically like switching, uh, you know, uh, weights, I guess, just to go fish another, you know, go fight another group of anglers in this, in this case. So um, really, really interesting story. Like I said, the success that he's had has been really pretty mind blowing, not because he's not a good angler. I mean, he's obviously one of the best to fish the Bassmaster Elite Series, uh, but to jump into kayak fishing, something completely new to him, you know, what would seemingly be out of his comfort zone and have success right off the bat's a really, really impressive feat. Well, that'll, that'll wrap it up for our episode of this podcast. I believe it's episode 155, talking to the top three angler of the year finishers for the uh, Yamaha Wrightwaters Bassmaster Kayak Series presented by Tourney X. Dakota Lithium, Put up some big money. Some big names showed up, and the standings showed that as well. Congratulations to Russ Snyders, Nick Dyer, and Greg DePalma, top three in our Angler of the Year. We look forward to the 2024 season. We've had a lot of momentum with the Kayak Series, and we know we're going to continue it on in the future, and I'm excited to tag team it and, uh, and jump into learning more about this sport as well.